Joe Biden tells illegal border crossers to use an app. Kevin McCarthy fights for House Speaker while the media blasts the opposition. Plus, the mayor of St. Louis announces the latest free money program. All that and more. I'm Bobby Everly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Joe Biden and the crisis at our southern border. Or, as Biden put it yesterday during his speech, the situation at our southern border. Biden gave a major address on Thursday regarding the border crisis, and to say it was pathetic is an insult to the word pathetic. Here's some highlights, and I'll start with the one that has become a requirement at almost any Biden speech. Well, President Harris led this effort. The classic President Harris line. But Biden wasn't done with singing Harris's praises. And the failure to pass and fund this comprehensive plan has increased the challenges that we're seeing at our southwest border. No one knows this better than the vice president. No one knows it better than someone who hasn't even visited the border? And let's be clear, making a stop at the El Paso airport like Kamala Harris did is not visiting the border. And then Biden addressed the amount of drugs pouring across the border, and of course, he got that wrong too. For example, since August of last year, Custom and Border Patrol have seized more than 20,000 pounds of den- deadly fentanyl. That's enough to kill, kill as many as 1,000 people in this country. 20,000 pounds of fentanyl. The amount of fentanyl coming across the border is not just enough to kill 1,000 people, like Biden said. It's enough to kill every person, every single person in America. Joe Biden also addressed Title 42, which has been used to expel border crossers from high COVID countries. Biden doesn't want it because when when it's gone, you'll have an even bigger surge across the border. But he's not sure what will replace it. Title 42 is going to go away before the end of the year in terms of the Supreme Court, my prediction. And then we're going to have to use Title Nine, or Title uh, Eight, Eight, right? Am I right? Yeah, Title Eight, Eight Nine. <laughs> and- but here's the best part: in his speech, he told illegal border crossers, "Hey, don't just walk across the border. Use an app on your iPhone instead." First, if they're seeking asylum, they can use an app on their cell phone called CBP One O N E CBP. One, O-N-E. That's to spell it out, not the number one. To schedule an appointment at a port of entry. These people are going to decide not to cross the border and use an app instead? As it is now, many of those who are caught and assigned a court date for an asylum hearing just don't show up. They just disappear into the country. So why would they suddenly not cross into America and use an app instead? But that's Joe Biden and the southern border. All right. Next, let's talk about Kevin McCarthy and the race for Speaker of the House. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about Kevin McCarthy because I'd like to give my take on the race for Speaker of the House. And it is probably an angle you haven't heard, especially if you watch Fox News. The network is all in for McCarthy. And if you watch, you'll likely hear something like this. 
isn't it time for you to pack it in and your side to pack it in, considering he has over 200 and you have 20? I'm angry about it. You know why? They're making the Republicans look ridiculous. First of all, I like Kevin McCarthy. Okay, why wasn't this done ahead of time? Why are we doing this in front of the public? We look like a bunch of fools. That's Sean Hannity and Judge Janine, but it represents basically everyone at Fox. Kevin has 200, and now he's getting closer and closer with about 214. The opposition had 20, and now it's down to about six. Friends, that's not the point. First, a new Rasmussen poll shows that less than half Republicans surveyed want McCarthy as speaker. That's point one. Point two is that I guarantee many who are voting for him now are doing it because they feel pressure not to break from the status quo. Keep that establishment machine running. But here's the main point I want to convey, because everyone over at Fox and other places is only focused on one angle, and that is this opposition should just fall in line with McCarthy, as if McCarthy should become Speaker of the House while at the same time lacking the ability to put a majority coalition together that supports him. This is the first time the Speaker's race has gone to multiple ballots in 100 years. What were the majority party's margins in those Congresses? Here are a few. 1923, eight-seat majority for Republicans. 1931, one-seat majority for Republicans. 1943, five-seat majority for the Democrats. 1953, four-seat majority for Republicans. 1997, nine-seat majority for Republicans. 1999, six-seat majority for Republicans. 2001, four-seat majority Republican. 2021, five-seat majority Democrat. 2023, five-seat majority Republican. So, in 100 years, all of those races for Speaker of the House only required one ballot. And, in that 100 years, there have been nine times where the margin for the majority party has been less than 10 votes. Nine times. In all these cases, the Speaker was able to craft a winning coalition in every single one, except this one. Just two years ago, Pelosi had the same margin, one round of voting. In 2001, it was a four-seat majority. In 1931, it was one seat. Those speakers all got the job done and got elected in one round. So maybe, instead of focusing on the opposition, the news network should focus on the fact that the leading candidate can't put 218 votes together. All the rest, over the last 100 years, were able to do so. Perhaps this stalemate isn't a reflection of the opposition as much as it is the leadership ability of the candidate. If after all these rounds of voting, a candidate can't put a winning coalition together, then the GOP conference needs to find someone who can. All the other speakers, regardless of majority margin in the last 100 years, were able to get it done. And yet the media not only focuses on, but berates, belittles, and attacks the opposition. It's not the opposition's job to fall in line. It's the leader's job to put a winning coalition together within the party. That job is not getting done. All right, next let's talk about St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones and her pilot program to pay people for doing nothing. That's right, it's another universal basic income program and it's coming to St. Louis. We already have unemployment coverage, but universal basic income is essentially taking taxpayer funds and giving it to people regardless of whether they work or not. It means paying people for being alive. Here's Jones. This week, I signed a bill establishing a guaranteed basic income pilot in St. Louis, the first of its kind in Missouri. 
Funded through $5 million from the American Rescue Plan, St. Louis's Guaranteed Basic Income Pilot will help more than 400 public school families with direct payments of $500 for 18 months. Cities across the country are piloting similar targeted programs. New mothers in Birmingham, Alabama, formerly incarcerated people in Gainesville, Florida, artists in St. Paul, Minnesota, fathers in Columbia, South Carolina. So this pilot program joins others like ex-cons in Gainesville, Florida, and artists in St. Paul, Minnesota. Aren't you glad your money, which could be going to pay your own bills, is going to artists in Minnesota? Here's more from Jones in the ultimate statement of the obvious. Direct payments empower families to spend on the essentials, groceries, utilities, transportation, daily household needs, and the like. Direct payments like these empower St. Louis families to make the best decisions for themselves in uncertain economic times. Participants of St. Louis's direct cash assistance program told us how payments help them put food on the table, pay the bills, and buy new coats and clothes. Jeez. Yep, if you're given free money, you will be empowered to buy more stuff. And I'm sure no one will use it for cigarettes, booze, and other items like that. Just the essentials. Right. Next, remember the Keystone XL pipeline and how all of us said that canceling it will kill thousands of jobs and hurt the economy, not to mention impacting America's energy independence? Well, because of a congressional mandate, the Biden administration was forced to publish a report on the impacts of that decision. And guess what? We were right. Here's the story. The report, which the Department of Energy completed in late December without any public announcement, says the Keystone XL project would have created between 16,149 and 59,000 jobs and would have had a positive economic impact of between $3.4 and $9.6 billion, citing various studies. But immediately after taking office in January 2021, Biden canceled the pipeline's permits, effectively shutting the project down. Basically, between $3 and $10 billion lost and tens of thousands of jobs. Senator Steve Daines, Republican from Montana, blasted the report and Biden's efforts to cripple America's energy production. The Biden administration finally owned up to what we have known all along. Killing the Keystone XL pipeline cost good paying jobs, hurt Montana's economy, and was the first step in the Biden administration's war on oil and gas production in the United States. Senator Steve Daines, Republican of Montana, said Thursday in a statement. Unfortunately, the administration continues to pursue energy production anywhere but the United States. These policies may appeal to the woke left, but hurt Montana's working families, he continued. I'll keep fighting back against Biden's anti-energy agenda and supporting Montana energy projects and jobs. Great comments, and hopefully the American people will be paying attention and not fall for the just buy an electric car line being sold by the Biden administration. Okay, so we've had Joe Biden, the media coverage of the speaker's race, and the St. Louis mayor giving out money for nothing. We need to ask them, do you have a relaxed brain? I got what you call like, I don't know, a relaxed brain. First, the New York Times is running an op-ed that says, if you wanna help stop climate change, then mate with a short person. That's right, the author Mara Altman says that if you mate with short people, you are potentially saving the planet by shrinking the needs of subsequent generations. 
Altman argues that shorter people are inherent conservationists, which is more crucial than ever in this world of 8 billion, adding that if we kept our proportions the same, but were just 10% shorter in America alone, we would save 87 million tons of food per year, not to mention trillions of gallons of water, quadrillions of BTUs of energy, and millions of tons of trash. Altman also adds that short people don't just save resources, but they are also best suited for long-term survival. And then there's the news that CNN has hired Adam Kinzinger as a new host. Give me a break. I'm sure they have a show lined up where he can co-host with Liz Cheney. And how about these breaking headlines from the Babylon Bee, starting with the speaker's race. McCarthy warns not voting for him could delay more funds to Ukraine. I love it. And then back to CNN News. CNN forced to cut to commercial as new political commentator Adam Kinzinger crying again. That guy is such a goof. And finally, we have the latest from Biden's White House press secretary. Karine Jean-Pierre claims everything has always been more expensive than usual. Oh my gosh, that one sounds like something she would actually say. In fact, she probably has said it. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show. So you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Monday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.